0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Who knows how much longer I'll be doing this show. Only the mind of the shadow knows, right? Um, I want to talk... Really basic stuff right now. First and foremost, I want to talk about younger people. I feel that older people have kind of set their stone in place, and it is what it is. Uh, we We've bore our cross, we've done what we've done, and uh, at this point in time, it may be too late to make big financial changes. But the millennials, the Generation Y, the Generation Z, the Generation Unborn, I don't know. We could still help those guys. Each individual's, pers- each individual's personal income issues, each individual's personal financial issues are all going to be different, right? If you're born on a coast, it's going to be different than if you're born in the middle of the United States. If you're born overseas, it's going to be different if you're born, you know, uh, domestically. Rich parents, wealthy parents, poor parents. This is something I want to talk about. <laughs> Nearly one out of three younger people say that their productivity at work has been impacted by financial worries. Almost 60% of millennials are stressed about their finances. One out of two, 50% of millennials do not plan on being with their current employer a year from now. These are pretty crazy numbers, right? Millennials spend more time thinking about money at work than any other generation. Four out of ten millennials say that issues with personal finances have been a distraction in their life. One out of two millennials feel that they've got too much debt in their life. Seven out of ten millennials carry credit card debt. Are you following me? Forty-five percent of millennials feel that it's difficult to pay their bills every month. Only 20 percent could come up with $2,000 in case of an emergency. Only 20 percent are happy with their current financial situation. Four out of ten workers under the age of 35 have a side hustle. That's pretty fascinating to me. I throw all these numbers out to you because they should be shocking and they should be alarming. Because in my twenties, I was just trying to find love. In my twenties, I was trying to find rock and roll or music or something to fill my soul with love that my father didn't give me. So I kind of feel for this generation on some level. So let's talk about the simple things you can do to get to make life better. I want to get better, better, better. Love that song by the Bleachers. Um, live within your means. I can be stupid. I can be repetitive. Right. Have a budget, set goals. Understand that you're going to live a long time, so you better start saving sooner rather than later. You probably remember old man Ronald Reagan. Maybe your parents talked about that president who was kind of a, a cowboy in California. He lived until he was 93. You know what sucks about that? I kind of wish he lived till 99 because the last 33 years of his life, the last third of his life, the dude was in bad health and had Alzheimer's. He couldn't get around. We couldn't put him in public. He was embarrassing. Well, Nancy, I I pooped my pants. And, like, that was our president. Too much debt. These are all easy things to throw out there. Have cash reserves. Consider disability insurance. The saddest thing that I see is people who are young who get disabled and can't work. You know, when it, you know what my side hustle was when I was in college? My college was paid for, but I had a side hustle. Delivered pizzas because I wanted to see music. I wanted to drink beer. My side hustle on top of my side hustle was I would buy cheap beer, And my Tony, my friend Tony would buy expensive beer. I'd go to his house, drink expensive beer. He'd come to my house, drink cheap beer. Pretty smart of me, huh? It was a hustle. So that's the simple part. Now let's get into a little bit more of the the structure. What you should do in your 20s if I were to give you 10 commandments. And I had 15 commandments at one point in time. Okay. Okay. So I only have 10 commandments for you. Okay. The first commandment, or should I go backwards? Number 10. Plan ahead. Even though you're in your 20s, and even though like love is fun, life is fun, going to the beach is fun, hanging out with dogs is fun, you got to start planning ahead. It's super, super simple. To get to where you want to go in life, you need a little bit of a roadmap. And if you can't have a roadmap, then you're just making it up. And that's fine, too. There's something about the open road adventure, but that's not how you get ahead financially. That's not how you get financial support. That's not how you one day say, I want to get married, and I can support you. That's not how one day you would say, I want to have a baby, and I can support the baby got to have some sort of plan. Millennials are having fewer babies because they don't know how to support them. You know what stinks about that is I'm counting on those millennials making babies because those babies are going to be taxpayers. Those babies taxpayers are going to pay my social security that I've been putting into for all my life. I want mine. So I want them to have babies. So you got to plan ahead. Um, You should have a short term plan, five years or less. You should have a medium term plan, five to 10 years. And you should have a long term plan, 20 plus years. You know, now that you have that, you're driving with your eyes open. You're no longer drunk, you're no longer inebriated, and you're no longer intoxicated. That's a good thing. Budgeting helps. Budgeting sucks. I remember sitting down with a girlfriend and saying, let's do a budget. And we literally did it. We took our checkbooks out with a pad of paper, and after about 30 minutes, we are in the bedroom making love. Because it was just too much pressure! Exciting and true. Set a course. Um, Budgeting is super important. Having a plan is super important. Having 5, 10, 20 years... And you should be able to do that with a reason. I'm 10 to 20 years away from retirement. You know, honestly, I'm a stroke away from retirement. So I have to have that worst case scenario in my head. So that's the 10th commandment, maybe. The ninth commandment, if we were to march ahead, would be live within your means. Let's stay with 10th for a second. Have a budget. There's, there's online tools that didn't exist when I was younger. There's mint.com. There's LearnVest. There's hundreds of them. You may find one that's better than those two. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it does take a little bit of work to do a budget because when you, you enter things, you know, um, and it kind of like taps into your Bank of America account it taps into your your uh, banking account and it kind of pulls the information. Sometimes that information is a little bit wonky. Sometimes everything's been set up as codes through Visa that like, um, that's a grocery store, but it's not really a grocery store. It's the place where you get liquor. So liquor should be different than groceries in your in your budget category, right? Ah, Liquor. I don't even know her. (laughs) Live within your means has to be commandment number nine. Can't afford something? Don't buy it. Sounds simple, right? That's the toughest thing to do because we want, we want, we want, and sometimes we need, we need, we need, but we're not eight-year-old children now. Borrow sparingly, borrow sparingly. Try not to borrow money for a new car. Try to like finance it yourself. Try to have that money. Try to make it part of your budget maybe. You got to fold it into these things. Learn to keep spending in check when you're young, and you'll save thousands of dollars over the years. It's tough. You know, sometimes I want that that ice cream bar. That's a horrible example. But those are two bucks gone. Instant gratification. Try to stop the instant gratification. I'm going over the Ten Commandments of investing in your 20s. Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Doing a show about millennials and money. I'm doing the 10 commandments of investing in your 20s. Believe it or not, it's the same 10 commandments that I could have done at Generation X or the Baby Boomers. Things really don't change except for maybe a little bit of scenery, maybe a little beats to the music. 44% of millennials belong to minority race or ethnicity. This is important because different ethnic groups think of money differently. 53% of black millennials prefer online access for financial transactions. But 67% of Asian white millennials prefer online access for financial transactions. Two-thirds of Asian white millennials do don't really want to work with a man. They don't want to work with the honky. They don't want to work with a guy who has an uh, office. They want to do it online through a, an app. Social responsibility is listed as a top concern when choosing a financial company. They're socially conscious. They believe in the future. And they're like, okay, Generation X, baby boomers, get out of the way. We're going to fix this. I love California. and I love that they, they ban plastic bags. But why do we still have plastic bottles? Why do we still have styrofoam? You know who's going to kill it? The millennials. Two in five millennials say debt has kept them from saving money. Only 20% think they'll be able to retire at age 65. So let's move on with the 10 commandments of being a millennial and what you need to know about uh, getting your finances in order. Number one was plan ahead, or number 10 was plan ahead. Number nine was live within your means. Number eight, make saving a habit. I know, you're saying like a nun's habit. No! Make saving a habit. You work hard for your money, so every single paycheck... Every time you get cash, every time you get a bonus, why not pay yourself first? Have your bank automatically do it. When I was 18, when essentially I was a millennial, someone rear-ended me. It was a horrible car crash. My back still suffers from it to today. I got $3,000 to basically say that's what your your neck pain is worth. Sadly, it was a little bit more than neck pain. I didn't know that. You kind of go through an accident and you're, you're pumped full of adrenaline and you're like, it is what it is, Right. So make saving a habit. You know what I did with that $3,000? I invested it. I didn't blow it. I didn't take friends out. I, I didn't do anything like that. I didn't go, let's let's go get a steak, honey. And then after that, I was like, this is cool. My $3,000 just became $3,100. It made little baby money. And then the next year, that $100 made $3. And that $3,000 made another $100. And the next year, that $3 made $0.30. And that $100 made $3. And $3,000 made... You see how it works, right? So I made saving a habit. And then once I, I got that lump sum going because you need a little bit of a lump sum to start sometimes even though you don't anymore there's a thing called acorns they'll start investing with five dollars for you five dollars what can you get for five dollars you can get invested so make savings a habit if you get a lump sum that's your start start with acorns you'll get a lump sum out of that acorns is an app i'm i'm good with it round up your your debit card purchases, your credit card purchases I've got four credit cards and a debit card tied towards uh, my Acorns app. So I make it a habit. I do it every week. I do it every day. Now, on top of that, I do it with my 401k or my 403b. On top of that, when I was 18, I, I said, let's find the best mutual fund. And I like tech because I grew up in the world of tech, which is kind of funny to think about because it's target 2600, which for a generation Xer, that was tech. Sonic the Hedgehog was tech. TI-99 was tech. Uh... Wristwatches watches that were LED or tech. T- Texas Instruments used to make the best wrist watches. They had a calculator watch, which I so badly wanted because then I could cheat in math. That's what I wanted a calculator watch for, right? So I found the best company. It was a company here in the Bay Area called Robertson Stevens. Had a manager. Um, it, they had some really good tech managers. And uh, I would read their stuff and I would invest. $166 a month. That was $2,000 a year. That was my IRA contribution. Going forward, you also want to have an emergency fund before you start saving. If you can, or maybe do it both at the same time. Emergency fund's not for TV. I've got a 42-inch TV. You know how badly I want a 50-inch TV. I don't touch my emergency fund for it. It's part of my budget. Stupid things that I don't really need. Commandment number seven, or six, I don't know where we at. Pay off your credit cards. Credit's the devil. I know you're thinking Susie Orman's the devil. No. Susie Orman's like the devil. She promises you things that she can't deliver. She says, I can fix your credit for $99 a month. I'll give you a kit. And you can go Google how to fix your credit. You can get an app called Credit Karma, which is free. That'll teach you about how to fix your credit. I have Credit Karma on my phone. Every now and then when I'm in the mood for impressing people that I don't know, like I'm at the dog park, I'm like, hey, 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 look at my credit score. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And they laugh at me because it's stupid. To pay off your credit card, it's a $2,000 balance at 18% interest. It takes you 10 years to pay it off if you just do the minimum. And you'll pay an extra $1,100. For that right to borrow 2000 Does that sound smart? Now, In biblical terms, we would stone the person that charges that. I know you're saying, but we don't live in biblical times. Maybe I do in my head. I wish I could stone people, right? <laughs> I know you're saying, you're a bad man. But they'd be like those little styrofoam stones. They wouldn't really hurt. Number six on the list of the Ten Commandments is just start. You gotta start. It takes... Put one foot in front of the other. Do you remember that Christmas special? It was uh, it was one of those bad claymation ones where the voices were always super speaking like It's, I'm Santa. But you got to start investing, and you got to put one foot in front of the other. And once you start, it makes it less painful. Yeah, this is bad Christmas music. You got to start investing. A fast walking man is hard to beat. I'm not sure what that means. Because I don't think fast walking is an Olympic sport, and yet somehow fast walking is an Olympic sport. And that makes me angry! But let's change topics and say, put one foot in front of another. Fast walking is not an Olympic sport, but it should it should not be an Olympic sport. Um, but you know they're going to make video games an Olympic sport. Esports are coming to the Olympics. I'm, I'm better at that than fast walking. So let's say you put away $200 a month at age 25, and it earns 8% the historic norm in investing. By the time you're 65... That $200 a month is $703,000. I'm sitting across a guy who's pushing 60. He doesn't have $703,000 because he couldn't afford $200 a month. And yet he could afford a six-pack of beer every day, which is $200 a month. So you got to start saving before you're 30. It's really, really smart because you end up with a lot more money. The difference between starting at age 25 at $200 a month and starting at age 30 at $200 a month is $462,000. That's material. That is a material number. Sooner rather than later. Now, we can get into efficiencies like Roth IRAs and other things like that. I just want you to start. Get the ball rolling because there's some philosopher that says once the ball is rolling, Foucault, it's going to go downhill or something like that, right? The pendulum will swing in your direction. I'm Roberto Negro, talking all things financial. A dolareros. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Little Whitney Houston. Crack is whack, ladies and gentlemen. I believe the children are a future. I'm talking about the millennials today. A lonely place to be. So I learned to depend on me. There's nothing better than bad 80s, early 90s pop. Probably the greatest national anthem ever, right? Am I wrong? At a Super Bowl, Whitney Houston. And drugs took her a little bit too early. Maybe she was my Miley Ray, uh, my uh, Miley Cyrus, so to speak. Maybe not. But I'm talking about the millennials. 89% of millennials create a budget, 20% stick to it. They average $23,232 in debt. 57% of millennials believe they're in better shape than their friends, which is kind of funny because their friends think they're in better shape than them. 55% of them have borrowed money from a parent. They're better price shoppers. They are more educated. Than Generation X, they represent $1.3 trillion in annual spending. On average, they earn between 25 and $48,000 a year. So I'm going over the Ten Commandments, and you can give this to your son, your daughter, your cousin, your uncle, whoever is in that 18 to 35-year-old bracket who really hasn't started their way, because this isn't tough to do. If it was tough to do, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wanted to be a computer science major until I learned I I was able to do trigonometry, and then after that, advanced calculus, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Geometry was easy for me. Advanced calculus killed me. It was a killer. It was like a a zombie. It took me to my grave. So I'm going over the Ten Commandments, and, you know, number ten, I'd say, again, plan ahead. Five-year plan, ten-year plan, twenty-year plan. Pretend you're like the Chinese. They have a hundred-year plan, right? Live within your means. Can't afford something? Don't buy it. Make saving a habit. Start with an emergency fund, then, you know... Have $166 a month or even acorns. Acorns is a saving habit. It'll take your, if you spend a buck 50 on a latte, it'll it'll invest 50 cents and say you spent $2. Stupid you for spending $2 on a latte, right? Especially when you need it free at the work. Pay off your credit cards. Start investing. But moving on to the next commandment. Number five, establish credit. It's super important. It's counterintuitive to have a low credit, or to have a high credit score and to get a house at 3.5% versus 4.5%? You have to have credit. You have to show that you could do it. I believe in secured credit cards. I believe in the children of our future. I believe in secured credit cards for our children of the future. Sometime when your kid's like 16, get them a $2,000. Put $2,000 on the credit card for them. Preload it so they can't blow it. Put it in their name. Put it in your name. It's kind of like credit on training wheels. But to get the best interest rates in life, you have to have a good credit score. So start with a secured credit card. That'll help them get a better auto loan and a better mortgage. Now, let's put two millennials side by side. One who has a mortgage at 5% and one who has a mortgage at 4%. Who's going to have an easier payment? It's not that hard to figure out how important credit is. And it's up to you, the parent, to help them. This is not something they're going to figure out on their own. Because when they get, like, a credit card, they're going to go, you mean I can order a pizza and pay for it next month? It's like Wimpy from Popeye's. I'll gladly pay you for a hamburger on Friday if I could eat it today. That's not how it works. So establishing credit is super important. Building, you know, a good auto insurance. Even just having paying your auto insurance on time helps establish credit. And you know what? That good credit, when the landlord says uh, your, your kid moves out of the house and goes up to Seattle, or let's, he goes to Tacoma, let's say he goes to Tacoma because Seattle's too expensive. So he goes to Tacoma and he wants to get a, uh, 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 an apartment, and the landlord sees two candidates. He's going to run your credit score and he's going to see one of them at 7 dollars and he's go, that's pretty good. This kid's responsible. And he's going to see one at six fifty, and he's going to say, that's not so good. This kid's missed a payment or two. Now, as a landlord, who do you think going to get, who do you think he wants to put in his, his place? Well, he could probably charge the guy with the worst credit more. But then again, he's probably going to have a little bit more nightmares. I could tell you as a landlord, if I'm going to give it to a, a millennial, I'm going to go with a higher credit score. Is it discrimination? <laughs> probably. But if he didn't have a credit card in college, you know, get that secured card. Start. Make a deposit. 300 to $500 secured credit card. Google secured credit card. Go to Bankrate.com and look for secured credit card. Establishing credit is—it's kind of important. It's kind of adulting. I hate using the word adulting. I hate the concept. I hate the—I—I I, I feel like we're talking down to people. Don't like it. Don't like it. Not gonna, not gonna do it. Next up on the commandments is have a marketing, a marketable skill. This sounds—this um, is probably the toughest one. So you went to college and you became a poetry major. Oh crap! That's not going to get you far in life. You got a history degree. I could tell you about the Romans and the Gauls and how they brought this fall of society. That's You're not going to get far in life. Physical trainer? Eh, you'll have a job for a while. But you can kind of see like some of these, these career choices we make are, are better than others. And again, we need poets. I'm not saying we don't. Just don't let them be your kid. If, if, if I could say that with love and peace, with peace and love, Ringo Starr, with peace and love and peace and love, have a marketable skill. Now, maybe you can turn like, okay, for instance— I do some meditation, right? I didn't do it until I was 40. And then once I was 40, I started get into meditation. And um, transcendental meditation, I think, is it changes lives. I think you could probably like, market transcendental meditation without a college degree. There's some ways you can market yourself. Have a marketable skill. Your earnings power rooted in your education, your job skills, rooted in your talent. Um, I like an artist named Josh Agle. Uh, at one point in time, I was, I was obsessed with it. And I, I looked at eBay, and I found people who could paint just like him, but for a fraction of the cost. That's a marketable skill. I've got a friend who could do drywall and plumbing. That's a marketable skill. He can do that till he's 70 if his knees and, and and joints hold up. Do you know how many people in old folks' homes need their plumbing fixed? And that's not a sexual reference? Okay, maybe it was a sexual reference. Roto-Rooter. Um, have a marketable skill. And hopefully your career... Here's a, an area that I messed up. I didn't network. I regret it. I once tried out for a national television show, and I was so close to getting it. Maybe if I knew a couple more people. Maybe I could have had a second chance. I I got the flop sweats when I tried out. It was pretty bad. Um, And I stayed up drinking the night before because I was nervous, which probably wasn't good either. But networking is important. Have a marketing skill is important. Um, Some of my friends in, in fraternities, I hated them in college. I got beat up at a fraternity once. I got pretty lit in college, and it was the World Series, and it was the Mets against, I guess, the Boston Red Sox, and Bill Buckner let the ball go through his legs, and I had too much. What was it? It's not tequila. What is? What is the alcohol? That no, it's not grain. Help me. Throw out some names. Not vodka, not tequila, not rum. Um, you mix it with seven and seven uh, gin. So I drink too much gin and, uh, I went into the, the fraternity's bathroom and I saw a toilet. I saw a bathtub and I saw a sink and guess which one I decided to throw up in right. One would have been the toilet. Second choice would have been the sink bathtub, not the right choice. So, and when they figured out that someone had thrown up in their bathtub, they decided to drive me home and they put a plastic bag over my head. Probably not the best idea. And then they beat the tar out of me in the process probably I deserved it. But see, everyone in that fraternity still knows each other and they probably talk about me and they probably say, hey, you need a job in LA? Come out to LA. You need a place to save? You can crash with me on my Malibu beach house. Fraternities, one thing they have is networking. I didn't network well in college because I was like, I'm not going to pay for friends. I was too much uh, filled with, with hate and, and pith and, and spit and a little bit of vinegar and a little bit of gin too. I didn't, have a, I didn't network, but I did get a marketable skill. I can tell a story better than most people can. I believe everything I ever learned, I learned in a book. I learned how to love in a book. I learned how to hate in a book. I learned how to, to live in a book. Joseph Campbell was one of the writers that, that really heavily influenced me, but I read voraciously as a kid because I, I grew up overseas. So have a marketable skill. I can tell a story, and I can look at finances and tell a good story. That's my skill set. Next on the list of things you need to do in the Ten Commandments of becoming financially responsible is cut the financial umbilical cord. You can't stay with mommy and daddy forever. Mommy and daddy, you can't have your kids stay with you forever. At some point in time, that little chick becomes a chicken. You can't have that chicken become an old chicken in the house. You know what I'm saying? You got to get them out. Help your kids get an apartment. Help them get a paycheck. Let them understand it's time to grow up at some point in time. Teach them how to do taxes. Show them these things. Show them how to balance your budget. Show them your investments. I own investments in Disney. Disney. So I can show my kids, like, hey, you see that Star Wars movie? We're going to go spend $100 at the movie theater on Star Wars because I own shares of Disney. And because we own shares of Disney, we're supporting something. And it's a great investment in the long term. So as a parent or as a millennial, the two of you have to kind of reconcile each other and cut that financial umbilical cord and work together on understanding what finances are. Talking all things financial, talking about millennials and money, and the Ten Commandments that you got to know. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Talking a little millennials. Talking the Ten Commandments. This is all you need to know in your 20s. And you're setting yourself up for a prosperous life. Am I making it that simple for you? I am. Now, one thing I want to mention before when I'm talking about millennials, it's it's important. The sooner you start, the better off you're going to be. It's 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 shockingly sad that I say that, but millennials are going to be the first generation to be worse off than their parents. Incomes for those age 25, 29 have stagnated since the 70s and 80s. So it's 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 a long time coming, and millennials are going to be worse off than their parents. I don't know what worse off necessarily means because that that could be relative, right? A bigger house, does that make you better off? More retirement savings, does that make you better off? Does happy and contentment make you better off? I don't know. That's one area that I can't make decisions for you. I wish I could, but I can't. So finishing off the 10 commandments and to recap ever so quickly and briefly, plan ahead, five-year plan, 10-year plan, and 20-year plan. Live within your means. Don't spend on things you don't need. Trust me, you don't need... A $50,000 car. A $20,000 Yugo. I know you're saying Yugo. There was cars in the 80s and 90s called Yugos that were made in Yugoslavia. Now they're called Kias. Like, you can own a car that's not high-end. Make savings a habit. Super important. Pay off all your credit cards. It's an albatross that will hang around your neck. Start investing. The first step is the toughest step. And again, you can go watch Dirty Dancing or something like that. And like Jennifer Grey couldn't dance, and by the end of the movie, she could dance. And no one backed baby in a corner. You want to establish credit. Establish credit super important. It, it, it shouldn't be like... I see people who get obsessed with it. Don't let it be that. Have a marketable skill. Cut the finan- uh, marketable skill. If you went to college you got a poetry degree, consider another degree. Go back to college. If you're barely making ends meet, consider like night school. Do you know how many people... One of the industries that I really like is the financial planning industry. Do you know what the financial planning industry is filled with? Caucasian males. I would like to see some people of color. And some different genders. I know you're saying different genders. Isn't there just female? I wouldn't even mind seeing a transgender industry. There was a guy that I worked with 15 years ago that was HIV positive, And he represented the LGBTQ community. And he did it really well. And he, he called himself the financial avenger, which I was like, you're kind of like a superhero. Financial people? That's stupid. But no one else was doing financial planning for people who are homosexual, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. What a business. He figured out a niche. And I didn't mind. I, I, I really liked working with him. Um haven't seen him in 10, 15 years, but I thought that was smart. The industry could use more people. So consider like getting going back, if you have a college degree in poetry, you can become a CFP. You have to have a college degree, but you have to figure out a niche too. Number two on the Ten Commandments for Millennials is marry wisely. You and your spouse create the most important team in your life. Your sugar booger, as I like to say, my mom called me a sugar booger because I was sweet, but I was also filled with boogers. My mother was very southern. Your spouse should be your sugar booger. You want a team that works well. You want it on the same page. You want to have financial values that you share together. You want financial goals. You want to not have that wedge of money drive between you and her. People that don't let wedges come between them are the strongest couples possible, and they're their best couples. So choose a spouse that you can communicate openly with. And if you can't, you're in trouble. It's going to end badly. Financial secrets are naughty. Divorce is costly and it can derail the best laid plans of your 20s and your 30s. Divorce will wreck you. I have a friend. He's had four kids in a divorce. I've had two kids and a divorce. His divorce cost him over $100,000. Mine cost me 5000 Mine was fast and easy. Mine was clean and cut. His was drawn out and to this day, he's still paying her just to be quiet and leave him alone and to like not brainwash his kids against him. Who do you think's better financially off? I'd say me. I'm not trying to say that like divorce happens and it's messy and it's not good, but divorce is costly and it's expensive. Marrying poorly is, is a bad idea. I got friends who straight out of college had to get married because their, 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 their clock was ticking. They wanted babies and most of them didn't end up well off because of it. They got married too fast. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm not that person. But in your 20s, what I'm going to tell my kids, enjoy life. Don't rush to get married. If you want to live with someone, that's fine. Practice marriage, that's great. But when you make that financial commitment, it suddenly changes the monetary game. And I'm not saying that love and monetary games are tied together, because I'm not trying to be that jerk. But I'm saying you can you know, be physically attracted to someone, you can love someone, and you know, if it's a religious issue and you want to get married, I get it. I've got a friend who's Mormon. Uh, He's actually my accountant. And his kids tend to get married literally the day they finish college. So they go to a college graduation and then a marriage. College graduation Friday, marriage on Saturday. It's important in that religion. I I don't know. I I think it's awesome. I think it's wonderful to have that sense of family. They have strong bonds and strong love. I, I messed up. Finally, on the millennial list of the top 10 commandments, let's have some fun. Everything that I've just said... It doesn't have to be boring. It could be fun. You can travel cheaply. You can travel and stay in a cheap hotel in your 20s. Um, it's, it's, it's okay. Consider a semester abroad after college before you do settle down. Get it out of your system. See the world. You know, Look at inexpensive entertainment close to home. Take a class at a community college. Awesome. Take advantage of cheap travel options like youth hostels in your 20s, camping in your 20s. Because later in life, you're going to be like, I don't want to sleep with bugs. My back hurts sleeping on the ground. Build some memories. Meet some new people. Those are your Ten Commandments for Millennials.